the Buffalo Bills fall extremely flat against the Cincinnati Bengals and let history repeat itself from last year's divisional playoff round. And the Sabres are at 500 on the season with some ups and downs so far. All of this and more on this edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. are back with the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by none other than Dom Loss. And Dom, I think I think I'm going to title this one "Doom and Gloom: The Sequel" because this this is <laughs> this is arguably worse than uh, what happened. I mean, when someone picked the game right on Friday, you so did I'll pick the game right. I'll give you all the credit for that. Okay, okay. listen, I appreciate that. I there was an equal going into this game. The Bengals were favored by two and a half points in most markets. I would say the Bills did have a good chance. We saw in the game the Bills had a good chance, um, except they didn't score a touchdown after the first quarter until the fourth quarter. So, I mean, that would help if you had something going on in between there. But, I mean... Yeah, didn't score their second touchdown until their last offensive play of the game. Yeah, right, exactly. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk We'll talk more. <laughs> we'll, we'll dive into the details here in a minute. But, I mean, no highlights today. As you've probably noticed, the routine is... Um, when the Bills lose and there aren't very many good highlights, we don't we don't run them because there's nothing to really be excited about here. Uh, but we do have the Dom Five coming up. But before we dive into all that, just general thoughts, I guess, dealing with the the fallout right now after a couple days. It's a it's a <laughs> sorry, I was just just adjusting my mic a little bit, but um, yeah, it's a tough moment, obviously, to fall to five and four and now be officially out of the playoffs. Uh, at Pittsburgh Steelers are uh, have a better record than you at this point, don't That's they? That's what it is at yeah. that point. I think they just they're gonna have to go on a run these last eight games. Got to go at least five and three, and uh, it's not gonna be easy. I think the Bills have shown that they're really with all the injuries on defense have become more of an average team mm-hmm. over the course of a month. So I think that's enough of a sample size to say that they're an average team. Uh, but I think they can still become an above average team. I think. I would say there were some positives. I thought they played better than I thought going into the game. I didn't. That is one thing. Yeah. I mean, I know I had the score like 35-31, but like I thought they were going to get railroaded a little bit. But I mean, they competed. Which, I mean, isn't that much solace, but I don't. I just, the only, I think the biggest positive I could take away from that game is I think there's two teams in the AFC that would I would go in thinking that the Bills are definitely going to lose, and that would be the team they just played, the Cincinnati Bengals in Baltimore. Yeah, the Ravens are looking like the best team in the AFC right even, now. Even mm-hmm. the Cowboys and the Eagles, you know, they, they play the Cowboys, Eagles, Chargers, Chiefs, Dolphins, Jets again, Pats again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously they're playing the Broncos on Monday. I think all eight of those teams they can beat. I mean, obviously I think... Some of those teams are less likely than others, but I don't. I don't feel like going into those games they have kind of no chance. I didn't think they had a strong, good chance 
really, I think they had, I believe they had no chance, really not a good chance of winning because of how well Cincinnati's playing. But at the end of the day, they they had chances to win the game and they let it go. And I think that's the, I think really that's my most frustrating part is I'm you really, had opportunities. It's like the performance is one thing. Like they lost, it sucks. You're five and four. I, whatever. I expected mm-hmm. them to lose, so I wasn't really disappointed that they lost. I think I'm just more disappointed that that game was really up for grabs. You know, Zach Taylor's decisions to constantly punt the ball away instead of going four and fourth down. They go four and fourth down near midfield, and they don't get it at one point as well. So it kind of felt like the Bengals just kind of after that hot start, kind of yeah, they were moving the ball, but they were kind of pulling the Bills, or they were moving the ball, but they weren't getting points. And I, I think that's the, that's the tough part, is that, you know, we talked about it at nauseum on Friday, is you have to win the turnover battle. They don't force, I mean, I know they force a turnover on downs, but... Technically, yeah, but there's been no interceptions no, no since inter- the Dolphins game. No interceptions since week four. Mm-hmm. They didn't get, and they went over, they got, they, you know, they got two turnovers against them, and they were two pretty big turnovers. I know the Josh pick didn't lead to anything, but... That that led to more time of possession coming off the clock, more time for the Bengals. And that Dalton Kincaid fumble, well, Dalton, I think, had a fantastic, I should say fantastic game. I thought he played really well. That fumble's a tough moment because you're driving, you're in the red area. He's going to get a fir- he's probably going to get a first down, so you're probably going to have first and 10 at the 12, down, yeah. down 11. Mm-hmm. And that, that fumble just, you know, it kind of killed a lot of momentum. You know, the Bengals come down, you hold them to a field goal, and then you drive down, score a touchdown, and you get the two-point conversion, which is, um, you know, the smart analytics play of going for two down 14 because you're likely to convert half your two-point conversion. So if you get the first one, that means you have the opportunity if you get the ball again. And they just never got the ball again, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's definitely a tough loss because – not because of, oh, I had this expectation that they were going to win the game, but I think throughout the game it was kind of like, man, Cincinnati's still at 21. They're still at 24. Like Yeah, a worn-down might- defense held them to a field goal in the second half. You know what I mean? Like You can't really blame it on a deflated defense at this point. The offense just stopped producing and taking advantage of those opportunities that – you know, you start the game off in no huddle, in tempo, right? You go right down the field, score a touchdown, make a statement against the Cincinnati team that has – you know, the, uh, is it a rivalry now? Like that, we were talking about that on Friday. You know, and no. it, it's not. I, I it's just, it, it you got to go down and take advantage of what's presented to you, especially like you said, and like I said, the defense did their job in the second half. A deflated defense that's a lot of third string guys. Like, come on, like go out there, run that no huddle, play backyard football. That's when you do your best. Stop trying to slow the game down and bring it into their world just make them follow you and fight after you stop stop trying to you know what i mean do you get what i'm trying to say here like you you went down in tempo and i get it the excuse is the stadium is so loud yeah our stadium's loud too right and i get it home field so they're not gonna be as loud whatever you should be trustworthy enough of josh allen as the quarterback and the captain of that offense to make those play calls down there in the no huddle and just let it go. You give him, you, he has the call sheet on his wrist for a reason. 
Let him call the plays. Let them go down the field in tempo. Play backyard football, especially when the defense is doing their job the way it is. If they continue to score and do what they normally do, if they continue to do what they did on that first drive, that game would have been a win for the Bills. But no, we're going to slow it down. We're going to slow it down because it's too loud in the stadium. That's that's bogus, in my opinion. That's where I'm a little frustrated, honestly. I don't know if that's just me, but I listen, It's that's just where it is. Yeah, there's too many short drives for the Bills' offense. You know, if you really look at it, they had a lot of opportunities in the game. Uh, when they were down 14-7, they get the ball. They don't really – they move it to near midfield, but then they stall. And then Sam Martin, not a great day. Had two – had some mediocre punts. I mean, had a real opportunity to punt them deep in the – Cincinnati territory at when they punted from their own forty three, the Bengals get at their own twenty two. So uh, that was a that was a net with the return of thirty five yards. You see the other punt that he had that was a net of thirty seven yards. Another punt in 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 the second half uh, was a punt net of forty four yards. So um, just really not good enough. I mean they had a lot of opportunities in this game and it just simply was not good enough. Uh, from all three phases of the ball yeah, uh, to get the job done. And you can blame that crazy intentional grounding call or whatever you want to say on the refs. That shouldn't have been the deciding factor in the, well, no. the excuse I mean, for still, the game. So whatever. I mean, if you want to roll into the, the fiber. It's still unfortunate. But, yeah, mm-hmm. let's go in the down five. Number one. Uh, yeah, we're no more praising special teams. Um, Even though last I, week we said we, we do not. We're all for special teams. Well, that's why the, the, the thing says, uh, number one, no more praising them, Joseph. Well, I know that. I'm just saying. You sleep, boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we talked about Tyler Bass being the greatest kicker of all time. Then he shanks two field goals. Yeah. Uh, we talked about how great Sam Arn was, and he was awful. I mean, just awful on Sunday. I see people sell, um, saying to trade him away or whatever, but you can't now. But special I mean. teams are just awful. They've just been awful. That the special teams was a complete failure. Um, you know, they had the the kickoff return that got tackled at the fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just had awful field position, and it's because they keep uh, for every reason they keep returning kicks. But this Ty Johnson and he don't, he never gets the twenty five. Um, and that's that. You know, that, that's really a big thing about this offense, I feel like, is yeah. that in that game, they were just getting destroyed in field position so often that they would start at their own 10 and Cincinnati would start at their own 40. I mean, mm-hmm. that, it was that, uneven. It's, it's a big reason why the, the, the Cincinnati was able to finish drives and Buffalo kind of stalled. I mean, it's not everything, but yeah, special teams was awful and they were, they, they were awful on Sunday and they were a failure on their end. Um, did not, did not help the team win. No, not at all. Big, I, I big advantage for the Bengals special. Yeah, like you said, the Bills are starting on their own 10 most drives. They're starting on their 40-yard line. I mean, I I mean, yeah, I'm done praising special teams because we're just the bad juju for them. So yep. that'll be that after yep. last week. On number two, please. Dalton Cade is built different. I mean, this man, yeah. listen, gets his shin busted up. Still even hobbles, still makes the catch for no yards. I know it was no game. <laughs> I mean, just... What a dog. What a, what a man. Mm-hmm. What a man. Ten catches on 11 targets. Uh, I was reading stats where if he has, I believe, 29 catches. Um, I believe it was 29. I might be wrong. But 29 catches in the second half of the year, he'll pass Pete Meslar's record of most catches in a single season by a tight end. 
Wow. And you got to think, I'm going to double check that. I think it's 68. I think he's at 37. No, he's at, I'm sorry, he's at 40. Yeah, it is 29 because the record is, record is 68. So he's at 40 catches right now. That's doable. So I'm saying he's at 40 catches for And he's being used more now. <laughs> so I know he still only has eight and a half yards downfield, I mean average, but he's did a really good job. I know the fumble. You're spiraling is, through the air at that point, though. That just, that is it a punch be, out? It's like, just, no, it's just got to be smarter. You didn't yeah. have to. You just, you just got to be smarter in that situation. Even if, you, even if him not going airborne cost them the first down, he only gets nine yards, they would have had second and one. And they were converting late in the game on second ones with the QB sneak or, or the runs of Latavius Murray. Mm-hmm. So, no, that's a, that was a poor moment. But overall, he played. he's played really well, and he's continued to grow, and... He has 23 catches his last three weeks, which is very good production. For oh, yeah. Tight end position. Has 65-plus yards. And a rookie, last, for that matter, yeah, too. 65-plus yards two in the last, each in the last three games. Hopefully to get more in the end zone, only has, has that one touchdown. But, yeah, I mean, he's we told, we said on Friday that we think he could have a big game. And, he, I mean, most, most yards in a game, 81. Most receptions in a game, 10. Uh, he he's a big. I mean, he was constantly open. He was mm-hmm. getting open consistently for Josh, and I think we're starting to see that it's Diggs and Kincaid, and it's kind of a little bit everyone else. I want to mention Shakir as well because he went. Yeah, he's been. He, he's, he went four for four on his targets as well, and he's kind of. I think he could even get more opportunity. Um, but sorry. No, no. I listen, Shakir. I, I I'm sending the flowers for. I mean, we. I believe was he the experiment or was that the Kyer Elam thing or Shakir the experiment's over? Yeah, man, we 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 were, looks like we have a new testing ground. We at least uh, we at least said we should keep him on the roster for the year. Yeah, I mean, look at he's kind of showing out in these past couple weeks as a solid target for Allen. Um, Kincaid is a fantasy manager who has him on multiple teams, and um, you know at sixteen points can't really complain about that from a rookie tight end again. Um, most receptions in the game. It's and like you said. That shin's busted up. He looks like he's hobbling off the field, but no, he takes that next snap and catches it for zero yards, of course, but no gain. But but come on. I mean, yeah, the fumble's one thing, right? Whatever. It would have been two and one, like you said, if he went down. He's a rookie at the end of the day. He was hungry for it. Now probably won't make that mistake again. He'll go down for the second and one or whatever, you know. Um, But he has turned out to be an amazing pick. If you go back to our draft special, we were kind of surprised by that pick um but he turns out to be this amazing draft pick where i mean like we said last week dalton or dawson knox might have played his last snap as the starting tight end for the the buffalo bills but you're it's nice that you're two games into the four games without knox and yeah you're still you're you're still getting good production um from that position but Mm -hmm. on to number three new additions making an impact i think you know, you saw Rasul Douglas out there. He made some nice plays. Obviously, he got he was trying to tickle T. Higgins a couple of times on two catches. That man is just <laughs> T. Higgins just like caught two balls. That and then, did you see him fly over the the line of scrimmage on that one? Nah, I don't think I did. No, he just no. like literally glided, like hopped over. I I couldn't believe it. But no, good good for T. Higgins on those two catches. But I thought Rasul Douglas played solid. Honestly, it was a great day for Dane Jackson. Obviously, you have Beckford. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, real. I thought Douglas was really solid in the in the reps that he had, and then then Leval Joseph, or as someone would say, Vin Law, 
Uh, I don't know how anyone can possibly think that's who how said the that. Uh, I'm not going to announce the person, but they know who they are. Leave <laughs> um, all Joseph had he had a solid day. I think they did a better job against the run when he was in the game. So I think that was no spot. So he had a nice play on the QB sneak with Joe Burrow. So I thought he was solid as well. And um, yeah, so the two new additions on defense, I thought both played played a good role and. I don't know, that linebacker position. For some reason, PFF graded Tyrell Dobson really well. I don't understand that. I thought he was awful on the goal line on that third third down. Third and goal to two, doesn't run fit properly and lets his gap score. And then I, th- I thought he was terrible, but... Yeah, I would agree with that. that <laughs> I don't I, guess, I don't quite understand that metric either. I don't but, understand how he was graded so well, but I yeah. thought he was awful. And, um... Well, I guess we'll talk about Bernard too as well. <laughs> My gosh! All right, on the on the fourth. Yeah, we'll we'll chat after. Uh, all coaching needs to improve. That's I a thought, big one. I was confused by the fact that they kept sending so many rushers at Burrow. I just don't think, with Burrow being healthy, that that was the best defensive game plan. I understand being aggressive in certain moments, and it worked out in certain moments. But yeah, it just it's just it's just frustrating for this defense of all they lost that they really can't fully compete with them and they just can't force turnovers i mean uh, i mean that well there was a fumble that the guy just happened to land straight back on i'm yeah. pretty sure that was pretty close after the like pretty close after the interception i believe obviously they did get the fourth and fourth down stop but yeah just a lot i mean they had some key third down stops as well it's not all on the defense uh, but the coaching i thought defensively i just again you're just gonna first two drives of the game just get smoke down the field um that's gotta improve like mm-hmm. you, can, you just can't keep doing that offensively like as you alluded to the up tempo just kind of ended i liked that in the fourth quarter they kind of let josh run a little bit more yeah um how about we start that as the game plan that would kind of be nice wouldn't it let's let's go into a game letting our quarterback be our quarterback and yeah i thought josh i thought josh was all right i think it was i think he missed some plays obviously the interception was horrible yeah uh, I think he's. I think he sometimes the problem with Josh holds his first read too often. Just needs to move off, and other guys are open. Like I think Shakir and Kincaid underneath are getting open all day. Um, and then Diggs is Diggs. He'll even in t- he'll make the grab. So he was effective again today. I mean on Sunday. I keep saying. Today. Yeah, he had that clutch touchdown towards the end. And that two point conversion. So yep. he was solid. Um, I have to say, Gabe Davis, getting the donut, um, the double bagel. Zero catches, zero yards. Grape Davis. Um, he did get face masks on the one miscommunication of Josh. Um, that caused the intentional grounding, which really I don't blame Gabe for. But yeah, he was bad. Um, it's a situation though where I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just don't ever look at Gabe's stats anymore, and I don't, I just don't care enough because I know he's not the he's not the second option anymore it's Kincaid I believe yeah he won't and be I think Shakir is becoming more of a better more consistent option than him and at this moment I think Davis is the second boundary wide receiver and I think he got benched I want to say he got benched in the fourth quarter because we saw it Sherfield more mm-hmm. yeah Trent was out there I, he, I agree with you he made the nice catch he had the oh, also talking about coaching that was the stupidest challenge I've ever seen in my entire life that's where you, you decide to be aggressive right like well okay you just you can't waste that time no out. you needed the two timeouts and, and then they didn't matter because they would have lost they would have lost I believe even with that set of downs because they would have called timeout whatever and well maybe well they had like 10 seconds because he went out of bounds actually mm-hmm. but Mixon did but um no that was um that was a bad challenge but yeah Sherfield was in so I think we're starting to see 
maybe Gabe, Gabe Davis' snap count go down, which would be kind of interesting to see what happens with that. I want to see a little bit more Hardy. He only had four snaps, but I guess we'll just we'll see what we'll see with that. I, I don't fully know what's going on with that, but yeah, Shakir Kincaid. I, I think the two big dogs are going to be Diggs and Kincaid. I think Shakir's going to develop into that third option. And yeah, which whatever which... is left over is whatever left over for whoever plays that second outside receiver. Will it be Davis? Will it be Sherfield? Will it be Hardy? Right. Or even I like I like James Cook out of the backfield. The run game. They abandoned the run game. It was just. I don't know, it was weird. They didn't run the ball particularly well, but I would have liked to see maybe a little bit more runs, but maybe not on, maybe a little bit more, you know, second, second, second short runs. I don't mm-hmm. know. I would, I would have. No, right. I, I understand. I don't love starting a drive off of a run. I would like to throw on first down. Um, but yeah, it was the, and then obviously special teams just, I don't know who's telling Ty Johnson to get tackled, like take a return and get tackled the 15, but they must have had some kind of game plan out there, but. Yeah, just really bad. Yeah, um, I I mean we talked about it in the beginning, uh, or I did at least that I just I didn't understand the the going away from tempo, even if it's loud in the stadium, that shouldn't be the excuse. It's working. Stick with what's working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, I don't know. Like that. That's just kind of where I'm at. The at pro- least the I, problem I don't know. is, is they can't do tempo. They 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 do not have the team to do tempo. Right. I understand that, but. But that's what I'm saying. They can't do tempo. Tempo is you one thing. You can't do tempo all the time. Tempo is one thing, but let the quarterback be the quarterback. Uh, uh, like, let it go. Like, you're... you're. What does that even mean? Like, you're not letting Josh run right out of the gate. In the fourth quarter, like you alluded to, that's when they really opened that up. Stop holding that back. Just let them go yeah, out. He has to... a shoulder injury that he can't even... Pre- he, can't he was even... off He was off he the, even... the injury report. He's a full participant. He can't even warm up before the game, Joe. Joe, he wasn't even in, he wasn't he didn't even warm before the game. He he threw like right when he got everyone was the pads. I don't know. Listen, I, pen, I, I, pending I, the shoulder injury, whatever. I I just think you need to let the offense just be the offense that it was and stop trying to make it into something it's not. Which is I think the offense is too basic. And I think it's I think it's too predictable. I think that that's the problem. It's too easy for right. You got to go play backyard football, which is unpredictable. Like that's when the Bills yeah, are the that's best. How that, it's not backyard football. I think they need to become more creative. I think they need. To be, I think they, they talk a lot about simplifying. I think they need to actually add some creativity and and complicate stuff a little bit, make it harder for the defense to know what they're in. A lot of the times, the the Bills run these beaters on half fields, and when they're taken away, they don't really have another option uh, to throw the ball to. So I think that's the big problem. I understand the tempo point and. I do think there needs to be a conversation about that, but the problem with tempo is that the Bills scored that touchdown in three minutes and fifteen seconds going on tempo. The Bengals scored their touchdown in about six minutes, and then had another touchdown drive that lasted another five and a half minutes. So at mm-hmm. that point, your defense was on the field. Now I know they had to get off the field, but your defense is on the field for eleven minutes, and you're fourteen minutes in the game. That's why they can't. That's why on the second, and they also go. Then they go three and out, pretty much. Um, they pretty much go three and out, five and out, and that took a minute and forty. So like we're not even at the end of the first quarter, and your defense is back on the field, and they've played what seventy percent, seventy five percent of the time of possession. Yeah, that's the that's the problem of tempo. I'm all for hey, should we go a little bit faster? Yes, I think. I think they had the right mix of it in the fourth quarter. Now, unfortunately, in the fourth quarter, they needed to go a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
I like their pace in the fourth quarter. Right, it was up like up tempo, but it wasn't tempo. You know what I their mean? Their pace in the fourth quarter, I thought was like their pace on the touchdown drive. They scored in four minute twelve plays. They scored in four and a half minutes. I thought that was a perfect. They said the other drive that was four minutes on nine plays when Kiki fumbled. I thought that was the perfect tempo. Mm-hmm. I like tempo, but it's about as McDermott says, complimentary football, and they don't have the defense. To do that, to do that mm-hmm. all game, which is why, which is why that's my only caveat. It's, no, I I understand. I understand what you're saying too. It's it's just like you know what you slowing the game way down is not working, and you have a predictable offense like you alluded to. That's not gonna that's not gonna win you football games, like you said. If they can move it to what it looked like in the fourth quarter, not exactly full on tempo, but a little upbeat from like what they were doing the rest of the game, and maybe. Not complicate, but make it a little more interesting on the offensive schemes. That was it. I will say this, though, and this is my only caveat of this, is that I'm all for tempo. They don't have the defense to go tempo all the way, and I think what happened is McDermott and Dorsey talked and was like, hey, like the defense is gassed. Like, we have to slow it down a little bit because they're gassed, and then they went four and out, ball right back, Yeah, and then they had the interception on two plays. And then they had another three and out. So slowing it down wasn't helping. It actually effectively made it worse for, on the defense. Do you know what I'm saying? No, that's on the offense for not executing. Right, but what I'm saying is no. But the offense still has to ask, no, Joe. Those are terrible possessions. It's it's also the play calling too. Yes, there's a difference between calling a game and play calling. Yes, there's a difference between the two. I understand that. I'm not saying I'm not there's saying, not. I'm agreeing with you. There's a difference between calling a game and play calling. Yeah, calling the plays. They're not calling the right plays out there, and you're you're giving the ball back to the Cincinnati offense quick and putting the defense right back out there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like you effectively I, trying I to play, slow it down did not help. Sl- but Joe, th- in those moments, I don't mind them slowing it down because the defense was gassed. No, I I listen. So, listen. So the same thing could have happened. They could have ran up tempo. Did th- those four plays that they ran still got off the field and it would have been a minute. They, they like I understood what they were doing. I think the frustration is is too many times on first down they're running the ball for three yards or on first down they're throwing an incompletion. Like they need to they need to start. I, I think this is the perfect thing that I saw on the first drive for the Bengals. The Bengals were successful because they had I believe one third down that was third and two, but they consistently consistently converted on second down for another first down. Why? It's because they won the down on first down. They got seven to eight yards. It was always second short. And then that, that let them, hey, maybe we run the, okay, we got, we got seven to eight yards. We could take a shot. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's third down. Or we could run a five-yard play. Boom, first down. Let's move the chains. Another first down play. Or we could run the ball for three yards because we have feel confident in our offensive line to get three yards on the ground. Boom, first down. That, that, that's the thing is that I'm all for tempo, but – it's not just the offense that dictates when to use tempo. It's the entire team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yes, that could be a criticism of McDermott of, hey, you, we just you know, we go tempo all the time. doesn't matter. But their defense is not in a position where they can, be a, they can afford to go and tempo the entire game and play. They have to get some time of possession. You saw, you saw it on Sunday, the big time of possession. It's like, it's like, it's like the Bills in the Super Bowl. Like that's with, like with, yeah with the, right. With, like the great thing about the Kagon is that oh it was fast and all that and then the Super Bowl when a team was able to possess the ball a lot the Kagon only had the ball for what nineteen minutes mm-hmm. in that game like I'm not saying it was that bad but like that's the thing for the Bills is that 
they just have to do a better job of executing offensively, tempo or not tempo. Like, tempo, I think, yes. Do I think they work better in tempo? So, I think there needs to be, a, like, a middle ground of, like... That's where I stand, yeah. But just saying, oh, we need to be in tempo, we need to be in tempo, we need to be in tempo. Like, I somewhat agree with that. But also, like, they, need to, they, they didn't run the ball effectively. Mm-mm. Josh made a couple... Josh made a bonehead interception. They had a turnover in the red zone. And they consistently shot themselves in the foot with stupid penalties. And Josh didn't play well sometimes at certain spots of not getting the open man. So it's coaching, it's players. It's just, uh, oh my gosh. It's, it is poor to just blame one one side. It's both sides. Yeah, you kind of got to, it's a collective blame. There's and, a lot of blame pie to go around. And it's just, it, it, it is incredibly frustrating to watch. Mm-hmm. Because again, as I said, alluded to, this game was, in, was definitely in doubt. It wasn't. There was moments where you felt like the Bills could put together a drive, get to one score with ten minutes to go, what they were going to do before the fumble, they could see. But I completely, I'm, I apologize, I completely blanked. I thought we were on the down. I thought we were no, on the fifth. we I, only hit four. That was well. I mean, it all it all stayed with the down four topic, so we're all good. So down five. Sorry, sorry, produce. Uh, please stay healthy. Yeah. Um, <sighs> that was rough seeing possible it's just Micah Hyde injury so and then Terrell Bernard right he's the other one yeah it's so tough to watch the defense is just losing players every week at this point so like, Terrell it's Bernard is concussed yeah I think that was announced I think they think Tane Jackson may have symptoms uh Christian Benford has a hamstring injury um he didn't play in the second half at all and um who's the name Micah Hyde has a I think they have a neck injury and I believe what McDermott said I might be wrong of the player, but pretty much he said we'll see on all of them, except he thinks Dane Jackson's is definitely short-term. So I, I think Dane Jackson, they may have thought had a concussion, maybe doesn't have a concussion. Mm-hmm. So That's positive. So I guess that's why you get Rasul Douglas. Oh, wait, we have a KV on IR, too. So, I mean, this is just like... <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a, it's a cluster. You know, it's not good. Every week, I feel like, just feel the heart sink all of a sudden when you see defensive players going down for the Bills, and it's just nonstop, and... Vaughn's not all the way back. No. He probably won't beat the entire year. It's yep. just, uh, it's a tough situation to be in, man. This, I just stay healthy. Like, just, whatever, I mean, they're, this defense is stuck together with duct tape. The offense can't run. More like duct- Elmer's glue at this point. Or Gorilla Glue. Um, the offense <laughs> can't run, can't, can't run the ball consistently. They can't no. stay on the field consistently. They can't finish drives when they get on the when they get a little bit of a roll. Nope. Special teams is so inconsistent. It's like all three phases are not playing, like you <sighs> said, complimentary football at all. It's and just your reward is Monday night football at home against the Denver Broncos. So it's the definition of a get right game and they're gonna have to get right. But yeah. That is the dumb five. Yeah, I mean you're one game off of five hundred. The, the the Broncos game, like you said. Yeah, you, you have to get that one right. If you don't get that one right, we have serious questions uh, heading towards well, the end of the season. Well, they got to win the next two games and see where we're at going into Philadelphia. Yeah, they gotta, it's Broncos and then it's Jets, Jets and then Philly. So win your two home games. Let's see where we are. Seven and four on there in Philadelphia before the bye. Maybe we get Dawson Knox back. That'd be nice to have two um, two solid tight ends back playing. So we'll see. I mean, they, listen, they got it's a simple fact of they just got to – it's a week-to-week league, and they got to play a little bit more consistently offensively. They need to figure out the best way, hopefully, to stay healthy defensively and best system for them to use. And uh, 
I think that actually wraps up what anyone said the best. Just that sigh, right? Yeah, just I think I think that's honestly like like I I'd uh, write a game summary for work. I got all these comments, shorter summary, just a poop emoji because no one was happy with the the game. You know what I mean? Like it's just like that's I guess it's tough because we always look back on the bills of the, the our early lives, right? Like the early two thousands, early twenty tens, where you know EJ Manuel was leading the squad in the early twenty tens, right? And it's like. It's not, it's not that bad, right? It just, this feels bad because from the past three, four years, this is definitely the worst I've felt mid-season at this point, I would say. You know what I mean? Not like that I'm 100% out. That's not, not it at all. It's just a couple years ago, that divisional game they had against the Chiefs, they had 11 wins that year. I think. Like it, it could, you I very well could make the it, run it, it and leads, look good. It leads to this. It leads to this. This is probably <laughs> the first time in four years that it just doesn't quite feel like the bills are good enough compared to the top dogs the vibes are gone so it feels like a little bit yeah the vibes seem to be gone and um yeah i don't know what they're gonna do to him this season i think it's kind of it seems like it's just seeming more and more like this is going to be unfortunately a lost season and you have josh allen mostly i know he's not entirely healthy but to kind of lose a year of that would be tough but listen they're five and four they have an opportunity in front of them Again, as I alluded to in the beginning of the show, there are eight games. I I truly believe that if they play even their best with the guy, if they get healthy, because they have two weeks to kind of get healthy. If they win their two games, and I still think they could beat mostly everyone, but I don't I don't know what they can consistently do it. So I don't I don't think that's what I think they could still make the playoffs, and I think they will. But mm-hmm. I don't think they're really an op. I don't think they have a good chance to win the Super Bowl. Now would be the time to bet them, though, if, if they do get hot. I will say that. If you throw the odds right now um, on the Bills, but, I mean, it's not worth it at this point. If the Bills, like you said, can start winning on first down, second and second and three, second and four, playing like that instead of whiffing on the first down, and then you have second and third to figure it out, I think we could see an offensive revival. Um, I think they know it, too. It's just this defense is so depleted at this point. It's just kind of not the same as it, you know, you, you, you lost Milano and Daquan Jones. You thought, Oh, right there. That's rough, right? That's, that's there. There goes the defensive production. Defense actually holds up. You just keep dropping more and more guys every week. You know, that's just, well, I mean, here, here, I mean, on the touchdown, it's first, it's, you have second one, second one, mm-hmm. second and 10. Cause you got an incompletion from the sheriff, but then that was third and one second and seven. And then, you know, Right, like you said, they're winning first down, and then it's second and short. Or- and then they had they had third and one mm-hmm. and touchdown. Like they were living in those kind of good areas. So where the Bengals resided for the majority of that game, right? I mean, that's what you were mentioning. It's just yeah. And the Bengals are a really good football team. We knew that. That's why you picked them to win. Joe Burrow's healthy. Looks really healthy. Um, you heard Collinsworth mentioning it all night on the broadcast. This is the Joe Burrow we saw last season. This is the Bengals we saw last season. Like. It is, and these are not the bills we saw for most of last season. So whether that's injury-related or just they need to, again, play complementary football and get on the same page, um, I think you're going to see an uptick either way towards the end of the season. But like you said, they'll make the playoffs. I don't know if I can justify them as a Super Bowl pick as of right now. Nope, but we'll be hoping. Listen, we are a Buffalo podcast, so there will never not be a moment where we're hoping. Um, 
it's just we we don't want to be hopelessly optimistic without any base at that point. You know what I mean? Okay. There's there's being optimistic and then there's hopeless optimism, and we don't want to be hopeless optimism. So we'll be real. Um, and this is one of those weeks where you have to be real and just take a look and be like, this ain't it. This isn't what you want to be watching every but Sunday in prime time. As I said, they have a get right game against them. Yep. They're going to have a tough divisional game at home. And then, again, just get two seven four and and see where you're at. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing for me is that if they get to seven four and we'll we'll go into Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a team that yeah they're eight eight and one, but mm-hmm. I think they're a team that has definitely weaknesses that oh, yeah. the Bills can score on at least. I don't know if they could stop them per se, but you know they played Dallas at home, so that's a home game. And you know the Chargers, well, it's in LA. And I think that's a tough game. It's not like the Chargers or the Bengals in my mind, so let's go, man. I don't know. And then they played Miami, which is a team that they, I mean, they've the been. 48 like, to 20. Hell, that's success again. So let's go, man. I don't know. I Yeah, I, go Bills. We'll see what happens. Um, on, to this, on, to, on to the fighting Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, 6-6 six and six on the season, 500 to start out. Um had some ups and downs. They, the the Goathead game, the one they've lost in pitiful fashion against uh, Philly at home, that was tough. Uh, but, hey, you beat the Maple Leafs, and that's always good to beat the Maple Leafs, right? It's always, it's always what you're looking for. In regulation, too. Yeah, in regulation. So, it's um, it's a good bounce back. Win. Yeah. I think it's nice to see Levi come back and put up together a good 60 minutes oh, yeah. of action. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of weird stuff going on with the Sabres. Right now, though, even though they're six and six, I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, Benson going to IR. You now Byro going to IR. Uh, Shocker, Matias Samuelson went to IR. So now I think I was least, floored by that when I saw it. I yeah, but at least it. at least we get to see Ryan Johnson. Hopefully they hopefully went. Oh yeah, and Dylan Cousins gets into a fight with two minutes to go with a guy above his weight class and probably can cost himself. I would assume. Oh my I don't god, think he's pl- he didn't play against Toronto. I don't think he's playing. Tonight either, and they said yesterday it was going to take a few days for him to get back to practice. So, yeah, that's really frustrating. Um, listen, I thought the same thing about Tuck too when he fought, you know, Brady Kachuk and kind of got whooped as well. He's lucky he didn't get injured. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, he has the balance cards from that, and they're cool and all. But like, it's a little different when you're you know, a rookie or a guy who had a big contract, but for Cousins and Tuck, I mean, I, Tuck's underpaid, but Cousins making $7 million plus, like, you really just can't afford not to have that in your lineup, and I think, was that a smart decision? Was that going to impact the game? No. Was it was that a message? Sure. Sure, but... Yeah, it, it still, like you said, could have done without that. You're playing a guy, <laughs> you're playing a team in the Flyers that have nothing to lose, you're fighting a guy that has nothing to lose who's known to be a good fighter, if you're going to fight someone, probably not pick that guy, but if you are, just protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And he didn't protect himself, and now the Sabres are going to have two games, maybe even more games without their second-line center, and that's really unfortunate. Very um, unfortunate, yeah. But we see Matt Savoy get called up from the AHL, so I'm intrigued to see if, uh, if he gets an opportunity. Uh, to play now with obviously Benson on IR and listen, Tuck's uh, come alive. He has you know, that, that those two big goals in the third period against the Maple Leafs. I think Darlene, um maybe that third period gets him going because I thought he was pretty underwhelming 
He's been pretty underwhelming to the first 12 games. I think Power, again, as I, we've, I've alluded to, he's been their best player. Yes. Uh, I think Thompson's come alive as well. So I think the guys are coming alive a little bit. Obviously, Milstadt is playing really well. I think J.J. Paterk is a dude now. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he is, actually. You're right. I mean, I'm, I've been very happy with how he's played. He's officially on dude watch. Yes. Like, he is a dude. Yeah. Um, I and that's he, a kind of a question, not a question mark, but like we kind of thought we knew what he was and he's kind of well, uh, uh, bumping our, up expectations. C- coming back to our our uh, questions of unanswered questions or whatever it is. <laughs> Answers for unanswered uh, questions. Whatever it was. I think one of the questions was, do, is JJ going to break out without Jack when after his world uh, championship performance, and I think the answer to that question so far through 12 games is is absolutely. So him being a legit tw- top six forward right now really helps, and getting Cousins back will help. I, I, I'm growing more and more frustrated that Yuri Kulik is not getting an opportunity to play. Yeah. Um, he's just sitting there in the AHL while we watch Olsson. I don't understand. Okay, I just don't understand the meaning of having Victor Olsson on your team. I don't, especially because I, I believe they uh, – I'm – Pretty sure they scratched him against the Flyers when they put uh, Ruzak and Byro in. I just want to double check that before I say something incorrect. Yeah, they did. Um, it's just uh, that to me is, is slightly pathetic. I'm just gonna say it. It's pathetic. I don't understand. <laughs> now I understand the Byro situation because he was gonna be the 13th forward if they didn't keep three goalies. So I understand we're winning him, but having Ruzak come up, I think is just lame. I mean, he was a minus two in that game and he was awful. Yeah, no, that, that uh, was, I was against that too. Both awful. I know he had a big goal by real, but now he's on IR, but, um, <laughs> which Yuri, is great. You gotta be kidding me. Yuri Kalik has played really well so far in the NHL, better than he did last year. And, yeah. And the concern is, oh, you know, we don't know if he's going to be able to play defense or whatever is two way game. Try. Like, like, did we just not learn this lesson last calendar year of Jack Quinn? Give him the opportunity. Jack Quinn in Rochester, his year, his second year in Rochester, was awful defensively. I mean, he was a great offensive player, but yeah, that was the big concern going in. Was like, how could he it? could he play defense? And he was arguably their best. I'm not gonna say best defensive forward, but arguably among their top six, maybe their best two way forward. Yeah. And so, can we just not? Even if he's, I don't know, man. You're just gonna try like. What is the point of having Victor Olsen on your active roster if you're going to start two <laughs> AHLers over him? Yeah. At that point, just wave him. Who is picking? Who is picking? Just wave him to Rochester. Who is picking up that contract? Or if not, if not, I'm being serious. If you're like, oh, we don't wave him, trade him for a seventh. If you if like trade him for whatever he wants, but like no one is going to take that contract. And if they do, like thank you, that's five million dollars off our books. Yeah, thank God. I like, mean, I, I, listen. I think I think Terry would be pretty happy about that too. Yeah, uh, Olafson Olafson could just. There's no point of having no. There's no point of that if you're gonna have those two guys. So and like we're just having Yuri Kulik sit in, sit in the NHL now. I I, I like that Matt Savoy is gonna get an opportunity, uh, coming up. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does because maybe he flourishes and he's. Well, that'd be awesome if he could flourish and stay. You know, I mean, young talent like that, and um, just to see young guys get an opportunity. I mean, this goes back to, I mean, I remember a conversation we were having uh, on one of our first. Ep- it might have been the first episode um, with Vinny Hinnestrosa in the conversation. And when do we start rewarding our prospects for playing well and giving them the opportunity? Time to give them the opportunity. You're at 500. Imagine if they come up and surprise, and then you're like, "Well, we did it." You know what I mean? If, like you said, Jack Quinn's second year in Rochester, not great defensively, and then he comes up to the Sabers and flourishes and has a great defensive season, like, what? Mm-hmm. Do, what are we doing? Like, come on, like, give him the opportunity. Give the dog the bone once in a while and let him just 
have fun with it, you know? Give him the opportunity. You're never going to know if you just leave him down there. I just find it frustrating that the blockade is Olofsson. Yeah. But again, Byro, I I understand giving him a game or two. All right, because like, he, like you he, said, he earned it. He he earned it. They just didn't keep him because they won three goaltenders, which didn't didn't work out. But I understood that part of it. I just Olofsson, who you're not even playing. I don't understand why Lucas Ruzak gets called up. Um, and it just comes down to then you have you know Yost, Oposo, Gergensen's guys that are good in the locker room and. You know, they play that fourth-line role, and they're not getting rolled or anything. Like, they're not getting on the field, again, license and just getting dominated, but they're not providing any offense, so it's just kind of boring when they're out there. Yeah. But it's like, those guys are also somewhat, in a way, blocking Kulik. I, yep. I, I just find that frustrating, because, I, I mean... It can be. I, I, I do as well. Why can't we get a couple games, and if he struggles, it's like, okay, now we know, like, he needs more time. But, like, he struggled in the preseason, and we're going to, like... Now he's like red hot in the American League, and we're just not going to call him up um, just to test him again. Like, I I get it. Granado's been all about the experimentation towards the end of the season, right? We saw that when they're not in the playoffs. But Joe, he might he might be like a top. I think he is, but he might be one of their top twelve forwards on in the entire or, in the entire organization. I'm not I'm not arguing that. I'm saying it's but, time to experiment. I'm not saying at the end of the season. I'm saying let's do it now. But I'm, right now, yeah, like right come now, on. how many forwards? Or better than Yuri Kulik. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously, the top three of Tuck, top, top, Thompson, Skinner, no. Cousins, Middlestat, Paterka, no. That's six. Mm-hmm. I mean... Can we start a, like a... What, what is I mean, it? Like, GoFund? What, is, what is the signing sheet who's, where the, who's, who's, the petition I mean, went? like what? We have Krebs... Krebs <laughs> Something. I don't know. Like, we'll figure but, it out. But, but look we'll at start it. one. But look at it from that perspective. <laughs> and then you have like Oposo, Gergensen, Yost, and you're like, all right, they have to play a role. So they play roles. So then you have three spots left, and it's like, all right, I guess it's... Oh, Greenway, I'm sorry. I, 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 knew I, was, I knew I was blanking on someone. Greenway has actually played really terrific. I, I got to give him a slow. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I knew I was blanking on someone. Uh, I hope I'm not blanking anyone. I got to pull the roster. I, I, I did this. Listen, Greenway was a big slip up because that guy's been an absolute animal this season so far. I've been very happy with, with Greenway. Um. But no, yeah, but it's like okay, like then you have two spots left, and it's like okay, you know, I guess we'll give Matt Tavori a chance. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Payne Krebs has not looked great at all. Mm. Um, I know it's oh he's tied up two bone cankles, and uh, they, still I want him to have more opportunity. But like Cousins is not even playing right now, so that's another forward that's not even playing right now. I just find I find it incredibly frustrating. And now also we have eight defensemen up. I'm sorry, it might be seven because. Uh, Samuelson's on, Samuelson's on IR, but I don't know, man. It, it's frustrating <laughs> me because I think Kulik could have an opportunity to be like you could probably make a good case that he could be the eighth best forward in on the the Buffalo Sabers roster right now when everyone's healthy. I I know I'm probably blinking on someone, but mm-hmm. like it it just frustrates me that we're not going to give this guy an opportunity because of Lucas Ruzek, yeah, or Victor Olsson. Like, right, Olsson is. The most frustrating one, Again, I think. if you're going to give Savoy the opportunity because it's condition, I understand the Savoy thing, too. I, I understood the Byro. I understood the Savoy because Savoy's conditioning assignment's done, and he has, and he's either going to go back to juniors or he, or he has to play in the NHL. So playing him, his games, makes I, perfect I, I, I sense. I want to see Matt Savoy, too. Yes. And I understand you're trying to win it over. But this is, this is my point, though. If you're trying to win, again, I think Yuri Kulik gives you the best chance, better chance to win than Lucas Ruzak. Hundred percent. And I'm interested to see what the forwards are. This I I'm very interested in the forwards. I did I did read that they went eleven seven um 
last game in Toronto, they're going 12-6, but Bryson's cut. Ryan Johnson stays in, which I like. Ryan Johnson, I always thought this. Ryan Johnson was the true seventh defenseman on the team. He wasn't, but he wasn't quote unquote seventh defenseman on the team. Right. If that makes sense. No, it makes it makes perfect sense. I, I listen. I'm all for giving these guys the opportunity because guess what? Like you said, Kulik could give you that X factor. Like, like you, you I, don't know. I like thought, let's, let's let's just do it. Come on. I, I like, thought it was silly when Clifton got spun two games that they didn't call up. Well, I don't think that, and maybe they couldn't have called. I I, I made a mistake. I don't think you could call up someone when someone's suspended. So I don't know if you can. I don't think you can. So I understood mm-hmm. that, but once you, once the IR Samuelson, they were, I think that just showed that Ryan Johnson, once the roster spread open, was going to be playing over Jacob Bryson. So, mm-hmm. well, I would hope so because Bryson's just a dumpster fire in my opinion. He wasn't but. bad in some cases. Like he wasn't terrible in his short role, but yeah, he had a couple of games that weren't great. But yeah. Johnson had a really nice pass on that uh, Skinner goal. Mm-hmm. I got his first credential point, so I'm excited to see him. You know, get more opportunity. Maybe heck, he runs with it, and yeah. it's a situation where it's like, okay, between Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton, and Connor Clifton's played really well. Uh, I thought I think he's been a really good forward, and I think Yoki Haru. I know it's not it's because he's playing a power who's played really well, but even with that, I think Yoki Haru has played well. Uh, Samuelson's been all right. I think Galen is kind of under performing compared to what I think he could become. Right. Not become, I'm sorry. Because he's no, what he that. can achieve. You what can, he can yeah. achieve. Mm-hmm. I just feel like he's he's getting the points and he's playing well defensively. It just feels like he, his passing is not... It's not he where... He has moments where it's like, oh my God, that was a great pass. Right. It's like, why can't you consistently... Like, the goal of New Jersey. Like, when he threw in Samuelson skates and then it's all it's a two-on-one back. It's like... And they yeah. score and it's like, oh my God, like that was such an easy... Yeah. A, that, that no, that was a whiff. Absolutely. And listen... The guy skates like a figure skater. It's like nothing you've ever seen for whatever. When I'm out, when I watch him just skate in warm ups, very elegant. Yeah. And also, since he's gotten that money, the guy's just an absolute terminator out there on the ice, just hitting like big hits, too. So he's definitely on the upside. Like you said, though, the passing, if he can get that dialed in, we're looking at a dream defenseman right there. You know what I mean? Like, and I guess. My final rant before we could move on to my uh, um, oh yeah your a, bonus a, a bonus sports take I have that mm-hmm. I came up with like ten minutes before shooting. Um, <laughs> I'm frustrated by the fact of we're rolling with Levi UPL, which could have been predictable because of Comrie's injury history. Um, so I'm fr- I'm frustrated by that. UPL hasn't been necessarily awful. He wasn't good last game against the Flyers, and you would like to see him make some saves. He hasn't been awful. I think Levi's been pretty good. Um, again, he's coming back from injury, so it's nice to see. I wonder who's. Gonna, I don't. I don't think I've seen who was the starting goaltender tonight. But it's frustrating that we're kind of in the situation we were last year. Of now, it's not even three goal. That's not even having Craig Anderson. It's having two mostly unproven guys. Yeah. Uh, in the net, which is frustrating, and then. I mean, I don't. I don't know what more we could say about Matias Samuelson and his health. I, I, I just don't. Um, you know, he missed the third period of the game that we went to. Yep, he did. Yeah. Really probably, like, hurt them, and then they gave up the tying goal in the third. It I did. mean, they won that game, but... Yeah, it, but you you take the overtime instead of regulation. You know what I mean? Like, and you let Tampa get another point. Yeah. It just... It was a it's a loss when he's not, when he's not out there and he, he's just injury-prone. He's prone. solid. Mm-hmm. He's solid. I think... I don't know. It's 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 interesting. That seems like the contract that they signed that long term deal, 
And it's just it just seems like that contract will never be a steal because he just won't play enough. No, he won't. He won't have the the sample size to make it but worth anything. It's just frustrating to me that I think this was the biggest component. Now I know now I was just punting the table. I'm happy. Oh, I'm happy. Ryan Johnson gets the opportunity. I'm happy that Ryan Johnson gets the opportunity. I'm not kind of say that I'm not. But no, I'm, I'm excited too. I'm frustrated. I'm and Clifton has played really well. So that and Eric Johnson sucks. So um, <laughs> kind of could have predicted that a little bit. But yeah, kind of Clifton that that signing looks pretty. Like, no, uh, it looks really good. I mean, he's I, it an does. upgrade over Labushkin, which is mm-hmm. nice. And no Jones gummy bear though. And Giants Johnson looks nice and whatever. But I, th- I just think that's my frustration is that this is another thing, another in- guy that you knew had an injury history. Same thing of Comrie. Same thing of Samuelson. Both guys have injury histories, and yes, you add depth, okay, but you don't replace like you're not replacing Samuelson in the top four. So no, I think that's just my frustration is that both though. Scott, you don't want to root for injuries. I'm not rooting for injuries. But no. you have to be, especially in hockey, how beat up you get, you have to prepare for the worst sometimes. It just, you have to. You have to be ready for it. It doesn't seem like they they were quite prepared for that, which which is which is why I'm a little annoyed by it. But, listen, they're 6-6. Six six, they're playing better hockey. Um, Obviously, it's annoying that you drop a game at home to the Flyers, 5-1 yeah. in a game that you were never in. No. Uh, but they're in, in Carolina, which is a tough game, at home against Minnesota on Friday. Obviously, they're in, they're in Carolina tonight, I should say. Home Friday against Minnesota, and then at Pittsburgh in a back-to-back with the Minnesota game on Saturday, so yeah, I'm gonna go that they're gonna go two one and zero. I think they, I think they get four of the six points again. I think they go two zero oh, and one. I think they get five of the six. I think, I think they drop one in OT. Listen, you're five hundred right now. You're at six and six. There's seventy games left. You last season in front of them. They, they have. There's a lot of season in front of them, and they're a good spot. They're in a very good spot. The team is honestly, like you said, starting to come alive. It looks like Tuck absolutely dead silent for the first few games, and now he's. He's back to what we were kind of expecting out of him, and he's only. I think they'll only get better as they as they go through the season and get hot, um, like we saw last year. And it won't just be a two percent chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, they do. They need a winning streak. They've won back to back games once all year. They've won three or four out coming to this game because they only lost to the Flyers and they won the back to back, then lost them. It's time. It's time. This 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 you just. Beat your rival, mm-hmm. you dominated them. I know the score; they got some fl- not fluky goals, but it was like kind of like, oh my god, that, whatever. But you dominated your rivals in their building. You need to take that momentum that you have and run with it. And next man up, Ryan Johnson's in. Matsuvoi. I don't know if he'll play. I don't think he's playing tonight. I didn't look at the lines. I, I'm I haven't not positive. seen the lines. I should say, but. Yeah, two, hopefully next two, week we've got some wins to talk to you about. Two one zero. Oh, I I thought Power was gonna get the the guy, but I think Power scored this week. So good for you, my boy, my prince with the lettuce. Yeah. I'm my player of the week is going to be. I don't I don't think we talk enough about this. We kind of talk about points or who's gonna, you know, low defenseman. I'm gonna go Devin Levi. I think he gets his first career shutout this week. I love it. I mean, we saw UPL get the shutout, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and then absolutely just burn in that Philadelphia home game, but. <laughs> that's that's what you get when you start UPL, honestly. Like we talk about it, the hots and the colds, up and down. But listen, I think we're gonna see Jeff Skinner just go nuts this week. I really do. I think we're gonna he's hear soaring? Yeah, he's gonna soar, he's gonna fly, and there's not a star in heaven he can't reach. I think <laughs> I think he's gonna I think he's gonna explode this week. I, I I truthfully do. And you know what? Maybe 
Sabres are on the power play. He's on it. He actually does something. Uh, you know what I mean? I think, I think, he, I think he, he ends up turning the puck over. Yes. Yeah. Instead of turning the puck over, he contributes to the five on four. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think we see that out of Jeff Skinner this week. Nice. All right. So, and then the next week, though, we record the pod and then we go to, we go see the Bruins. I know that 10 1 and I have the freaking Bruins. Yeah. They will, the, the curse that will never, never quite die. Um, Unfortunately, sickness that will never quite be cured. But no, what's your what? Now we're now we're here. We're not going to talk fantasy football. Yes, we won't talk fantasy football this week. We'll give it a week's rest. Your take, my take. Should we do this? Should we make this a segment? The hot takes know. of the week. I find bowling much more pleasing to do than golf. Agreed. I'm. I'm. That's not even. That's not even. I get frustrated. I, I, and I say this. I. I say this to the guy. I enjoy going to golf. I, I enjoy golfing. I enjoy going to golf. God, I enjoy golfing. I enjoy going to the range. I don't have a great time going out to courses. No, just because I I'm mm-hmm. awful. I'm awful. I mean, we had fun one time when we went. We absolutely almost destroyed this golf cart. I mean, that was, that was really also it. like forty degrees. It was. Yeah, it was that, raining that, as well. I so think golfing with the boys <laughs> always have some fun. Yeah. To it. Like, yeah. But like the actual experience of golfing is mm-hmm. just. You lose so many balls, and then, like it's like, oh my god, I lost like twenty dollars worth of balls. Well, especially this guy, he just he keeps yeah. dropping them. When he sh- <laughs> he shanks it, just, he drops another I one. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't. You're not even good. I'm not even saying I'm a good bowler. Like the first game I bowled was a fifty, and the second game I bowled was a one fourteen. I'm not saying those are great scores, but I mean least, we should we should walk to the bowling alley. It's right outside bowling, the studio. Like, a bowling, <laughs> at least feel like okay, you you're bad the first game, but at least you kind of get in a rhythm where like okay, every once in a while I get a strike, which is fun and mm-hmm. all that. Like. How often do you go like, oh my god, I that was a great hole. Oh yeah. my god, I just parred the hole. I yeah. Maybe maybe once every like. I just eagled. <laughs> like no, I, no, never I, eagled. I, I've birdied like one hole. Listen. Maybe three in my life. Bowling, I enjoy a lot more simply because I'm halfway decent at it. The highest score I've ever achieved, two sixty five. High school gym class. I find that incredibly hard to believe. You don't. You don't remember last year we went to Geneseo. I, I absolutely murked all of you guys in bowling. Uh, my I highest was score was we a two ten. I was not paying attention. To what was happening. Yeah, it, it, my highest score there was a two ten. I was three years removed. There was other, we're, we're going to the bowling alley then. We're gonna we're gonna put was, it to the test. There's other circumstances uh, during that trip that I, that were taking my attention. But no, bowling. What? No, we're not going to comment on that. Bowling this, yeah. is incredibly fun. I, I love it because also, also you can get a nice, you know, some nice bar food laid right mm-hmm. next to you, the and best, on the car on the course I, you can. And the great thing about bowling is like for golf, you could probably what bring four dudes, but it just takes over. Like bowling is quick. Like if you take if you get yeah, a people lane, are paying attention and actually lane, you know you get a lane for like two hours, mm-hmm. two lanes, four dudes. That's eight your boys, and you probably bowl like three or four games. Yeah, I mean, again, it's the thing of. Whoever's bowling with you in the lane needs to be and it's more, really realizing and, and of the time being wasted. And it's but. also like, even if you throw a gutter ball, like it's not as frustrating as just shaking a golf ball and then having to walk the twenty feet to the right. Like, right, play it where it lies. Yeah. I mean, that that could least, be in the middle of the swamp. Bowling, it's like okay, like whatever, like and then you get two throws. Like mm-hmm. you you already get a mulligan. Yeah. Um. No, we will have to go bowling. That that that'd that, be fun. That's my hot take. Also, you don't have to be outside too, so it's not weather dependent. No. And the bowling shoes are kind of fun to slide in. So here's so. my question now. Okay. There's bowling. Is curling just ice bowling? But different a little bit? Ice bowling with a twist? I mean... Similar? It's different, though, because bowling, you're throwing it to knock something over, while curling, you're throwing to hit a specific target. Right. You know yeah. I mean? mm-hmm. Maybe we should make a hybrid game of curling and bowling. Ice bowling. How would that even work? You just, You're just... 
you slide up like a curling thing, but you're hitting pins instead of trying to. You know what I mean? You just make a baby with bowling and curling. That's basically all you do. I feel like that would be like. It'd be very logistically horrible, but I mean. <laughs> I mean, the best comparison for curling is bocce. Yeah. Shuffleboard or something. Well, shuffleboard, yeah, that's really, that's really better. My Italian blood gun, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. no, I, 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 you finished bowling. The only thing that, the only thing that's bad about bowling, I'll say this, is that, and this happens to golf too. So my like my little rackles. My for whatever reason, my throwing ring finger was killing me after bowling, and like a little bit of my shoulder was sore. But like after golf, man, you're like you're like on the lamb for like a day or two. Of I mean, how old we are, like the the back is not 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 a hundred percent after golfing, and no, you you feel either. You, you tweak it on a swing if you lose your footing or it's just sore after doing it. And and the best part about golfing, too, I mean, the best part about bowling, too, is even if you throw a couple gutter balls. You're in the game. There's always, like, some, pers- some person in your party of eight that, like, is doing worse than you that mm-hmm. you could also laugh with. It's like the punishment fantasy football league you're in. There's always someone doing it's worse. Also just you know? be- it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like also, like, it's more enjoyable playing bowling of two guys that aren't great bowling than playing of golf of two guys that aren't good golfers. Right. Because you can, you can. At least you can laugh more at your misery in bowling. Like, oh my god, like. No, but golf, you're friends, out in the elements. You're just miserable. All of, of you. One of our friends, I kid you not, had one pin through six frames. I didn't even hear about this. After the show, you're gonna have to tell me who. On the. Uh, Was uh, it Greg? He made an appearance once on the. Board. Oh. Statistician? Um, <laughs> is that is that who it is? Um, so then, then the, I'll expose myself. He then came back and bowled a fifty-two, which then beat my fifty. So, oh my but god, that was enjoyable because mm. it went down to the last frame, and it's like, oh my god, like I had to get a certain amount of pits. Like that's like I'll tell you, uh, I'll, I mean, we had to end here in like a little bit because I had to leave. But the best part was our one of our friends bowled a one eighteen the first game. Mm-hmm. Second game, we're at the end. They already finished. I bowled back-to-back strikes in the 8th and ninth, and I needed, I believe, 14 pins to win or something. I, I was, like, at a 90. 90? <laughs> no, I was at, I don't know what I was because it was strikes and, like, you had to throw or whatever because mm-hmm. you still throw. First eight. If I made, if I would have made the two for the spare, I would have needed to knock down, I believe, five pins because I was, I was at, no, if I would have made the spare... I would have been at 115. I would have not had knocked down four pins in the next door, I think, to win. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, bowling math sometimes confuses me. You need to knock them both down. Only was able to knock down one. But like, that's what's intense. Like It's you, fun. You never in golf, like, no one keeps score well enough because you just cheese the score and make yourself feel better. Yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. You'd be like, oh, man, if I get a four on this in this hole and you get a seven, like... I win. Yeah, but, yeah. I, but, but, like, no one's like, oh, no one, it's not realistic to do No, before. but bowling, bowling, it's, it's right like, in front of you. Bowling yeah. you can. Like, there's, like, everyone can get, it, even if you're the worst bowler, the guy that got one pin and six, he hit a strike. <laughs> yeah. No, but ain't no one ever going to be like, oh, man, I could have a chance for a hole in one here. Or, like, I could hit this shot in the green. It's like, no, it's not really likely. Mm-hmm. Like, the likelihood of that, I don't know. That's why, my, my take, bowling is better than golf. Yeah. You get to have more, more of your friends there. It's more enjoyable even when you blow. Food, you get to be as loud as you want. You get to be as hyped as you want. And midnight bowling with the lights. Yep, yep. You get to be as loud as you mm-hmm. want. Like even when you hit a good shot in golf, it's like you can't scream because other people are golfing. I mean, Happy Gilmore it. did it. He had some success. 
Yeah, but that was a movie, Joseph. He's also appearing in a new movie, by the way. I just want to point that out. Happy Gilmore? No. Yeah, Adam Sandler as Happy Gilmore. <laughs> but Will Ferrell's doing a Talladega Nights-inspired golf movie about the oh live the live tour. And Happy Gilmore is supposed to make an appearance. So it, it'll be exciting. There's a lot to look forward to. We should do bowling more often. But I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly. As always, I'm joined by none other than Dom Loss. And Dom, we're looking for a better week next week. Still, as always, though, as always, go Bills, baby. Go Bills and go Sabres.